It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Dan Snyder claims that the culture and the focus of the organization has changed over the past few years, but his actions in present times show that's not even close to being true. That and Mock Draft Monday on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome Commanders fans of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, and we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WSA 9 Plus app on your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick. We thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I'm David Harrison. My co-host sitting next to me for today's episode is Chris the Rooster Russell, both of us credential members of your media covering the Washington Commanders. Chris is doing it for the Team 980 where you find Heat and Pete Methurst. On the Russell and Medhurst Show live from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern every Monday through Friday or anytime on the Odyssey app. Also find Chris writing about the commanders for the command post. You can find me writing about the commanders over at commandercountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Absolutely. And David, as you prepare to head off to Indianapolis for the annual scouting combine, hopefully you'll get a good steak dinner while in Indy. There's a couple of good steak spots there. The Washington Commanders can go many ways in the upcoming NFL draft, which is still two months away. Uh, but we'll examine the latest on a couple of different scenarios that they can go, plus a really interesting fan-submitted mock draft with a monster trade that we've just got to sink our teeth into. And then... Since we last left you, the world has turned in command land, and that's where we begin today's episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast. So when we were with you last on a Friday late afternoon live edition of Locked On Commanders, we were thinking, based on a report by Charles Gasparino of Fox Business Channel, Jeff Bezos was the leader in charge. Dan Snyder was asking for $6 billion. Well, right after we put that episode to bed, David, The New York Post came out, and then Ben Standing of The Athletic and Odyssey DC doubled down on Saturday, saying that Dan Snyder is not going to sell to Jeff Bezos and not even allowing him to bid to purchase the commanders. This following the Washington Post report that Bezos hired Allen and company in order to examine whether or not to submit a bid. So let's react to this nonstop merry-go-round of ownership news when it comes to Dan Snyder and the Washington Commanders. You take the leadoff spot. Yeah, um, you know, we had a comment on a recent episode that, you know, basically asked why we only get ownership news every like two weeks. You know, why don't we get it like multiple days? And this is now three days in a row that we're getting ownership news. So, uh, you know. I, I suppose careful what you wish for, because because here here we go. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, what we're doing is we're working towards a, a resolution, which is what everybody wants. And and to me, this Dan Snyder wants this or Dan Snyder wants that. You know, circle that we're we're racing around right now. Quite, quite frankly, it's annoying. Um, there, there's Dan Snyder, and so this is what. So going into the open, right? Dan Snyder has has been trying to defend his ownership of the team in in an effort to get the public opinion swayed to where people stop screaming for him to be removed. 
and the NFL owners basically he's banking on if the NFL owners see that the, the drama surrounding him is going away, perhaps they'll back off as well and he won't actually have to say sell his team. It hasn't worked, right? But the, the entire time, the process has been, we have fixed this, we have fixed that, we've acknowledged this, we've acknowledged that. Look, it's so much better than it used to be. And basically what Dan did was run away from consequence for so long trying to say, but but well, look, don't punish me for my dirty room three months ago. I cleaned it today. Yep. And what public opinion, the media, the fans, the NFL said is like, dude, it, that doesn't matter. Like, like saying you're going to stop doing something because you've been caught. It's like running out the, the, the store with the TV in your hand. The cop pulls a gun on you and says, drop the TV. You're going to jail. You go, oh, here, they can have the TV back. Don't arrest me. No, man, like you've already done the dirt. You're yeah. going to have to deal with it. So to, to a certain extent, that's that's one reason I don't care why what what Dan Snyder wants in this whole deal because Dan Snyder clearly wants what's best for Dan Snyder and all this posturing. None of us bought it anyway in the first place, but this just confirms that all that posturing was BS from the jump. Yeah, it, it's a gigantic game of dodgeball, basically, is what I feel like. Like, remember last summer when he spent the entire summer sailing around the world dodging Congress <laughs> and dodging a subpoena? That's what yeah. this is. That th This is just a different level of the same game that Dan Snyder has been playing. Don't look at me, look at everyone else. And listen, if this is all true, if this reporting is all true, and there are some good reporters here, you know, Ben is really, really good. Um, but, but again, stories get twisted and sources have agendas, right? So you have to be careful here. But if this is true, that Dan won't allow Jeff Bezos to bid, never mind buy the team, Dan is not only costing himself, David, potentially no. money, but you know who else he's costing? Everybody. The NFL. Yeah. And who he's already I, cost money right. by ripping them off. Allegedly. Oh, absolutely. And by just allowing the organization to, to, to deteriorate to the point where, again, when I joined the beat back in 2009 and it was even into 2011, they were drawing 91,000 people yeah. in 2010. 21, they drew 51,000 people. I mean, I, whatever you want to say, whatever data you want to point to, all you have to point to is that, okay? But my point is, he's already cost the money. He would already, he would, under this scenario, presumably be costing them even more money. And if we are to believe that the NFL is in bed with Jeff Bezos, and it certainly seems that they are, right? Why wouldn't they? The Amazon Thursday night football deal, they want him to be involved in the NFL, whether it's the Seahawks, whether it's the Commanders, whether it's whatever. They want, they want, they want. If he if he costs them, if he digs in and says, hell no on Jeff Bezos, if you're the NFL owners, do you look around and go, wait a second, I, I know we don't want to vote this guy out. Who the bleep cares at this point? If he's mad and if he sues us, the right, right thing to do, the best thing to uh, for us to do is to vote him out in late March or in May or whenever by special proxy vote, I, however it gets done, because yeah. this guy is an absolute clown and he continues yeah. to cost us. Right. And, and that's why I have the stance that I have. I don't care what Dan Snyder wants. And at the end of the day, what Dan Snyder wants doesn't drive this thing like uh, you know, when, when this story broke and, and, and again, Ben, Ben's article, the New York Post article, like there, there are comments that I'm seeing, you know, on social media. So like that, where people are like, you know, look, it's a free country. He can sell to whoever he wants to. He doesn't have to sell to somebody that he doesn't like and, and all this stuff. And to a certain extent, yes, you're absolutely true. But people need to remember it's called a franchise, right? It's not 
It's not the Dan Snyder football team. No, it's an NFL franchise, Washington yep. Commanders. The, the franchise is purchased to Dan because the NFL allowed it, not yep. because Dan just inherently has a right to it or, or whatever. And just because he now owns the rights to that franchise doesn't mean he just gets to do whatever he – think of it like buying a house in an HOA. Like, yeah, yeah, it's your house, but you're going to do certain things. Like, there's a limit to what you can do and you can't do, bro. You're not going to put that pink flamingo up in your front yard all season. That's just not going to happen in this HOA. That's right. how you need to kind of look at this, right? So remember that 75% of, of NFL owners out there have to have to, have to to ratify, have to approve uh, a sale. So if Dan says, I'm not selling to Jeff, I'll sell to John, the NFL has to approve that sale. Now, and that's where I get this whole, I don't care what Dan Snyder wants because it's the opposite of 75%, right? It's 25%. Nine NFL owners, that's all it takes. Nine NFL owners who have been ripped off by Dan Snyder, who have had the shield tarnished by Dan Snyder. And again, Dan's not alone in tarnishing the shield. Get, I got that. And, and some of them certainly aren't clean uh, as well. But only nine of them have to be petty enough to say, you know what, Dan? We don't care what you want. Or professional enough to say, you know what, Dan? I know that you don't want to take $6.2 from Jeff Bezos, but we're not going to let you take the $5.7 billion from whoever this other guy is. You're going to do what's best for the National Football League. You're going to do what's best for the rest of us because you've already ruined your opportunity. You're not taking food off of our plates because you are no longer welcome at the table. Those nine block the sale. Now, Dan, you've got two options. You either sell to Jeff Bezos like they want you to in the first place, or now you put the NFL owners in a position where they say, you know what, now we have to vote you out. And now you have to go down in NFL history as the owner that literally got ousted from the National Football. Like it, you don't, you're not just gonna be the guy who used to be like Jerry Richardson used to be an NFL franchise owner. Guess what? People don't really talk about him much anymore, at least not in a bad light, right? Like, yeah, he used to own Carolina Panthers. You get kicked out of this club. You are going to be talked about through the annals of time in this league as a dude who got kicked out, the billionaire who got kicked out of the billionaire boys club. That's who you're going to be. And this right here, trying to block a sale to Jeff Bezos, if it is, again, again the best business decision for the league could be the final straw for, for that happening. Yeah, and, and there's a new name that's entered the fray. We don't have a ton of time to talk about it, but we do want to pass it along. According to Mark Maskey and Nikki Javala of Jeff Bezos-owned Washington Post, Tillman Furtada, the owner of the Houston Rockets and Landry restaurant chain, which a uh, bunch of different restaurants we don't have to go into, uh, which restaurants, what have you, is apparently the mystery bidder that has toured the commander's facilities uh, that we've heard about and has actually submitted a price and a bid of around $5.5 billion for the team, which would be a significant upgrade from the Denver Broncos, David, right. but it wouldn't be the type of price that everybody has been wildly speculating on and certainly the type of price that Dan Snyder was looking at. But this is what you get when you've overvalued, overstuffed, overhyped your own valuation, quite honestly. If Dan wanted $7 billion and lied to Forbes and said offers north of $7 billion, and he's getting offers of $5.5 billion. I'm sorry. I'm going to trust those people more than I'm going to trust Dan Snyder and what Dan Snyder wants. And I look, mean, if the NFL says we like that order or, or that offer, we like Tillman, they could. They could not they sell could. to Jeff Bezos. But understand this. The NFL is not going to not sell to Jeff Bezos just because Dan doesn't like Jeff. Right. Like, that's not how right. this is going to work. Exactly. Uh, we'll have more on on Furtada and the ownership structure and situation going forward, certainly as, you know, there used to be a, a soap opera as the world turns. This is 
maybe as the worm turns, as the stomach turns, whatever you want to label it as, um, because it it truly does change literally by the minute. All right. I know that's not all that fun for you outside of getting rid of Dan Snyder, but we're going to head towards fun. That's right. We like to have fun around here. Football fun. It's Mock Draft Monday. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Commanders. But first, this episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. The more than midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Why? Well, great that you ask. New customers are going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. See, if you would have bet on Friday night that the Wizards were going to gag up a 19-point lead to the New York Knicks at home for like the eighth time this year, you would have won a lot of money. And then you wouldn't have gotten that money back that FanDuel is going to give you even again if you lose. Trust me, at some point this week, you want to take the Wizards uh, blowing a 15-point lead if you can get that prop. Or you can just go conventional uh, betting uh, terminology, the spread, money line, total, player props, points, rebounds, assists. You know what we're talking about. Plus, FanDuel is going to let you combine your bets for an even bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back. FanDuel.com. Slash more make every moment with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. The Locked On Commanders podcast, your first listen and view of the day. All right, David, a fan-driven mock draft selection is coming up, and our reaction, and boy, is it a doozy. You're gonna wait, you're gonna love this scenario. This this is something. Wait till we get to this. But first, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network recently put out his second mock draft, pre-combine one before the combine. Again, David heading there. He'll be live in Indianapolis uh this week. Um, and we will get to uh what Daniel Jeremiah said here. And 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 here's who he had, but you got to set it up first. He has the commanders taking Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback from Penn State, at number 16. We've seen this before. We've talked about this selection. It obviously fits a need. And when you examine what happens before the commanders get on the clock at 16, 
Paris Johnson of Ohio State, Broderick Jones of Georgia, who we've obviously talked about, Peter Skronsky of Northwestern, three top tackles. They're all gone, David, at 9, 11, and 13 before the commander's pick. So my question to you is, if that's the scenario does that, that plays out, does it make sense to force an offensive line selection, or would you be very comfortable with a Joey Porter at cornerback, a need position, or would you, again, further reach and maybe a go a Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle for Tennessee, who Jeremiah has going one spot after Washington at number 17? Yeah, I mean, look, if you if, you, if you're Dan Jeremiah and you believe that uh, – the, and any other offensive tackle after those top three are worthy of a number 17 overall pick mm. that I believe you're certainly valuing him at number 16. Like unless you're, you're you know, most of these guys don't mock a reach. They don't just right. say, well, I think this team's going to reach at number 17. So you, you know, that tells me that David Jeremiah doesn't think that that type of a selection is ridiculous in, in the late teens. Um, so to me, if that's true, then yeah, then I take, I take the tackle. Uh, you know what I mean? Number 16 for Washington, because it's just it's just a bigger it's a bigger need. Again, you can't and to steal something, honestly, from Daniel Jeremiah himself. It's really hard to be a bad team if you're good up front. If you're good yeah. in the trenches, it's really hard to be a bad team. But it's also really hard to be a good team if you're bad up front. The Washington commanders, by and large, were bad up front on the offensive line in 2022. So you need to find upgrades there. And we've had a lot of conversations of Sam Cosby. Is he going to stick at right tackles? Is he going to move uh, permanently to right guard? So you draft a tackle. Look, you have Charles Leno Jr. Bring them into rookie minicamp. See if they can kick slide on the right side. If they can, then you move Sam Cosby back inside. You've got a young right guard. You've got a young right tackle. Maybe Sam Cosby not having to do uh, as much of that, that perimeter protection stuff. Maybe he can stay a little bit healthier. Charles Leno Jr. on the left side, you know, getting along in the tooth. He had some issues, obviously, as well uh, during his, his time last year. Uh, you know, who didn't? But he's still a, a much better you know, having Sam at right guard and having a, a rookie right tackle first round pick is a better option than having Sam at right tackle replacing yeah. Charles Leno. Like, you know what I mean? At left tackle, I believe anyway. So yeah, that's the way I would go. Plus Joey Porter Jr. Just personally, uh, and according to pretty much all of his, his scouting reports, very good press man coverage. He's got a lot of aggression. He's got a lot of ball skills. He's got a lot of length. He's suspect in zone. And this Jack Del Rio defense is not just going to run man because they drafted Joey Porter Jr. They didn't do it for William Jackson. They're not going to do it for JP. Uh, I agree with all of that. Now, the one other caveat that I'll add to that is it is possible, you know, uh, and, and I've heard this from some people. I, I don't want to say it's definitive by any stretch because it really does depend on what they do first in free agency and then in the draft. Is it's possible that Charles Leno is the guy that gets flipped from left tackle to right tackle? That's, and, that's possible and, too. Yeah, that's you know, possible. and then Cosme kicks into right guard. Now, while you're changing a lot of different positions, theoretically, you should be bolstering your offensive line and still able to address other holes, other issues like corner, like linebacker, like tight end, so on and so forth on your football team and your roster by not having to go so heavy at offensive line. But again, there's multiple scenarios at play here. Uh, I would not hate the pick for Joey Porter. I, like you, would probably agree. I mean, we, we, we've we talked about Christian Gonzalez before. If he's there, I would like that pick. He wasn't there in this scenario, to be fair, uh, to Jeremiah. And again, Jeremiah, it's impossible for him to match up every scheme, every philosophy, what have right. you. 
But again, I would just say that if that's the scenario, either you take the kid at, uh, you know, at, at, at 17 that, that went one spot below, or maybe you trade down and you try and recoup some more value. So that's, that's what I would do. Just, just to be clear in this scenario at 16, if the top three tackles are gone, I've got the fourth tackle and I've got the number one guard in Osiris Torrance and the number one center and John Michael Schmidt still on the board. I trade back from 16, no, no further back than probably right. 22. I think to be more like ideally right at like 20 is where I want to trade back to net some more picks, hopefully in this year's class. Uh, and then I take one of those linemen at, at 20 or 22, whatever. Well, I'm with you there, but he, let me throw this scenario at you because another mock draft from CBSSports.com has the commanders taking Cody mock at mm-hmm. from North Dakota state at 16. Yeah. Um, David, you saw him at the senior bowl and I know he impressed uh, a lot of people, and, and I believe if I remember correctly, you as well. But that seems to me like a reach, and again, a perfect just to combat or not combat, but to to go along with what you're saying. That would seem to me like a way overdraft, and yeah. like a we know more than you, and we could almost like I I don't I don't know how to explain it other than it would almost be like. Now we 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 think we have all the answers and you don't. Yeah, so here's what I'll put you know, and everybody's got their own men, men, methodology, right? But I look at this, I look at character, I look at traits, and I look at projection. Cody Mock, number sixteen character, absolutely. Uh, Cody Mock, current traits, number sixteen. No, I put him end of day one at the at the earliest, and that's if he works out really well, has a really solid pro day, um, end of day one. So that's where you're reaching projection absolutely projection number 16 value absolutely Hmm. and that's kind of the key here so if you're washington commanders you look at the guy's character and you look at the guy's projection if you project him to be a 10 12 15 year starter in your franchise multi-time pro bowler all pro all that stuff well guess what five years from now nobody's gonna talk about you reaching at number 16 the reason we're gonna talk about him reaching at number 16 is because right now as we see him today he doesn't look like a number 16 type of overall pick but again if you believe he's going to turn into that Five years from now, nobody's going to care what we said in, in February uh, of 2023. So could that be the pick? For those reasons, it absolutely could be. Me personally, again, if Mock is on the board at 16, I just wonder what the rest of the board looks like. But if two or three of those guys are available that I'm comfortable at 16, if you're comfortable at 16, you're going to be nice and toasty at number 20. So I trade back. Yeah, here's just one last caveat to that. Here's what happens when you think you're right and everyone else thinks you're wrong. Sometimes you get John Dotson, right? Which if he can stay healthy, John Dotson proved that he was not like the 54th or 55th best player, how he was ranked by many uh, last year. And the Washington commanders took him at 16. Now, again, that's an example of being right. Remember two years ago when Mike Mayock and John Gruden were still in charge of the now Las Vegas Raiders and they took Alex Leatherwood, the offensive tackle from Alabama, and I Mm -hmm. think number 18, and that was like way, 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 way ahead of everyone else. Well, guess what? It didn't work, and he was cut before the end of year two. So, again, yeah. you got to be careful about your, your convictions and what you think you know, because sometimes you don't know. And, again, that's the scenario that a lot of these teams uh, play out. All right, coming up next, wait till you hear this projected mock trade that a fan submitted through the Lockdown Commanders community. We're going we're gonna to have some fun hashing this out. That's next right here on the Lockdown Commanders podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Locked On Commanders Community Mock Draft here to wrap up this Mock Draft Monday. We've got a fan-selected mock draft from Why Not Washington submitted to the Twitter DM. This uh, individual is at Let's Go Commandos on Twitter. And Chris, this trade uh, or this trade, this mock draft was was conducted via Pro Football Focus uh, and their mock draft simulator, a very popular uh, simulation machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, PFF gives this, this class an overall grade of A minus. So, I mean, I think right off the bat, you're going to call this a home run if you're Pro Football Focus. But the, the main part of this thing, if you look here uh, for you YouTube folks, if uh, for your audio folks, we're going to describe this as best we can. The number one thing that we that stands out here is that pick number 16, the Washington Commanders trade the 16th overall pick and the 97th overall pick. So two top 100 picks go to the Arizona Cardinals in exchange. The Washington Commanders get pick number 34, the third pick this year. Well, actually, I think PFF has them numbered correctly. I can't remember because there's a forfeited pick from the Miami Dolphins. So either the third or the fourth pick in the second round uh, from the Arizona Cardinals, the 66th overall pick in the third round, the 96th overall pick, so one up from the 97th that they gave up in the third round, the 105th pick in this year's draft as well, and a 2024 second-round pick that uh, Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera, according to current speculation, may not even be able to use. So you trade two top 100 picks, Chris. In return, you get three top 100 picks and a top 150 pick in pick 105. That's how we start this bad boy off. Before we even get to the first pick, what do you think of the trade? Yeah, I mean, so so here here's one thing we should point out. I'm not sure if you're allowed to trade compensatory picks, so that might be a wash on the 96 and 97. Uh, I, I believe that is the case, but I'm not 100% sure on that, David. So, so let's just say, for argument's sake, throw that component out, which is, j- again, just switching spots in the third round by one spot. Okay. Let's just throw that out. If, 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 if you're not allowed to trade that here's the meat of the trade going from 16 to 34 is not ideal by any means, but if I can go from 16 to 34 while picking up a top pick in this second round, like you said, a top pick in this third round, which I don't have because of the terrible Carson Wentz trade, Another top pick in the fourth round and as well an unmarked second round pick next year, next year, which Arizona right now is not thought to be like a great team, could very well be early in the second round. Again, 34, 35, 37, somewhere in that range. I got to be honest with you. At first, when I thought about going from 16 to 34, I was like, I can't go that far. That's really far to go. But if we're looking short and long term, that's a trade that's extremely appealing to me. How about you? So here's what I'll say about the trade. First off, up front for the Washington Commanders. To me, it's a beautiful trade because when you when you talk about this class, I think we've talked about on this show in, in a previous Mock Draft Monday episode, if you're looking at a trade back scenario or trying to land like 
there there's a there's a stretch here. And I think Dan Jeremiah mentioned in his conference call with the, with the media as well. There's a stretch here from about picks 20, 22 or so to pick like 42 where there's going to be about four or five starting caliber offensive linemen coming off the draft board. Like there are going to be about four or five offensive linemen in that stretch. I believe that are going to be drafted that are going to end up starting for their, their teams in rookie season. So if you're a team that's in dire need of offensive line help, like this is a great trade up scenario season for that type of thing. Or if you're a team that wants to trade back and get more picks, this is the time to do it because you're still going to get a high caliber offensive lineman. So for the Washington commanders, when you need offensive line help and you're, if there's a season where you're going to trade back from 16 to 34, this is it because you could trade back from 16 to 34 and still get yourself potential starting offensive lineman. And with that 66th overall pick, 68th overall pick, whatever it is, like you may potentially get another guy that you could also groom into that. Here's, here's the problem I have with this trade. And, and I have to imagine this trade was not accepted by PFF organically, that it was basically forced by the user here. These, these draft picks value, according to the traditional dra- trade value chart, at 1,112 points. The picks that the commanders are giving up value out to 1,112 points. The picks that they're getting back value up to about 1,580 points. Now, that second-round pick next year is the tricky one. If you use where the Arizona Cardinals are drafting this year as a barometer, that's what gives you that difference. But even if they drop back in the second round, you're not going to eat up that 400-plus uh, point difference. That point difference is the equivalent to this year's 43rd overall pick. You're talking about a second-round pick's worth of value gap in this trade. So that's where I have a problem with this trade because I just don't think the Arizona Cardinals, as much of they've, – they've done, they've done some things in, in recent memory, Chris – I don't think they would do this trade. So that that's really the only issue I have with the trade. But looking at the trade for the Washington Commanders, that's a slam dunk, absolutely. That's why PFF gives it an A. And then getting Darnell right in the second round, I mean, again, we just talked about him. This guy could be a potential starting tackle on this offense uh, by the time we reach the end of training camp. Right, absolutely. Um, and, and you know, I understand what you're saying, and who knows how general manager Monty Austin Ford and new head coach Jonathan Gagnon are thinking. I mean, again, it could be – a philosophy where they think, you know what, we've got to make a quick first impression. I would like to know who to, they took at 16. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean no, I, again, if you, I mean, I'm more worried about the commanders than the Cardinals, but, but again, we could sit here and go by the trade chart and say, well, well, this doesn't make sense. But, but mm-hmm. again, everybody has different philosophies, right? Awesome. Yeah. is known to be a guy to build through the draft. Well, Maybe, but he might have just somebody that he has a hankering for and says, you know what? It's worth, it's worth sacrificing a little bit this year and next year for that particular uh, player. And like you said, if the Washington commanders could get Darnell right, right. And then in the mock draft, as we have up on the screen, they could get. Well, before, uh, before we move on, before we move on, I just want to, because you have a very valid point. So I want to throw this out. If number 16, the Arizona Cardinals, is Bijan Robinson, Bijan right. Robinson out of Texas, I mean, Washington have, we seen, have we seen NFL teams break the bank to draft up for what they think is a franchise running back? Uh, hello, Ricky Williams, and hello, Herschel Walker. Like, you know what I mean? Like, teams in the NFL, I know Herschel Walker is a long, like some of y'all might not even know what I'm talking about, but um, NFL teams have in the past overpaid to go yeah. get themselves a franchise quarterback or a franchise running back. Now, I don't think this would be quarterback because Kyler Murray's contract is incredibly prohibitive. Um, but, you know, look, if this is Bijan John Robinson and the Arizona Cardinals think that this is the missing piece to turn Kyler Murray into an MVP and get us in the playoffs, then maybe they do oversell or overbuy. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. And obviously, if that would be the pick, right, Washington doesn't need a running back. Um, uh, and again, under this scenario, they still get a top-tier offensive tackle. We were talking earlier about Daniel um, about Daniel Jeremiah having Darnell Wright going at 17. If you can get him mm. at 34, David, mm. you know, again, everybody's value and rankings and whatever is a little bit different. But theoretically, there would be value. There would be a lot of value in that particular pick. Plus, then moving forward in the mock, you know, if you get Emmanuel Forbes, a corner from uh, what Mississippi State, and Noah Sewell, uh, a linebacker, then theoretically you're checking boxes, right? You're getting mm -hmm. players that could potentially help you, even though PFF doesn't love the grade of Sewell in the third round, but you're getting players that can help you fill voids. And if at the very least they can help you on special teams, it might also strengthen other areas of your team, at least early yeah. on in their careers as they develop. Yeah. I mean, when I look at this mock draft, you know, I, I think my three favorite picks in this thing are, are, are starting in, in the end of the third round uh, picks number 96 pick yeah. 105 in the fourth round pick 118 in the fourth round Hendon hooker. First of all, Daniel Ooh. Jeremiah in his, in his, his pre combine press conference or a conference call with media said that there are four quarterbacks that he thinks are franchise leading potential quarterbacks. And he would add a fifth, being Hendon Hooker. Um, I have been talking about Hendon Hooker being drafted by the Buccaneers, who are in a very young quarterback type of scenario, and they have a very smart quarterback coach coming over from Seattle who has trained quarterbacks that have similar skill sets to Hendon Hooker and and created Pro Bowls out of him. I love Sam Howell. I love I, I think Hendon Hooker would be an amazing uh, addition. And worst case scenario, I think you've got a quarterback you can trade in about three years to get some serious capital for. Uh, and improve your team even from there. And if you make a trade like this, you kind of have that flexibility to do that kind of thing. Linebacker Dorian Williams out of Tulane, I think he's got special teams contributor written all over him, but also the ability to develop into a key playmaker. And then Caillou Blue Kelly um, out of Stanford, you're talking about a guy who's got some length and some size, can play man, but also can play zone already. He's obviously very intelligent or he wouldn't be coming out of Stanford. And he has NFL pedigree. His father is Brian Kelly, Super Bowl winning cornerback from the early 2000s um those three picks right there like i hope this whole whole draft board happens just because of those three guys yeah and i'll just add this on hooker i mean he might not be available to start the year depending on the recovery from his torn acl but he had an amazing final season at yeah. tennessee i think we all know that right uh and this team does need to take a quarterback, even though they just drafted Sam Howell in last year's fifth round, to add to the mix because, again, while we fully expect them to sign a veteran quarterback, that's a short-term kind of compete with Sam Howell, fill in for Sam Howell if he stinks or if he gets injured, that type of scenario. You need to get somebody in to the building in Eric Bieniemy's new language and terminology and system to start mm -hmm. building towards the future in case Sam Howell doesn't work out. And again, remember, it's not only performance, but it's also injury related. Um, you have to have that kind of insurance and Hendon Hooker would allow that uh, as an opportunity. So this is a very interesting uh, draft, uh, obviously would fill a lot of needs and it would give you an extra second round pick next year, not to mention extra picks this year, but you would have to drop out of the first round under this scenario. So I'm not sure how many fans uh, would love it, but I thought it was fascinating. A uh, good job out of let's go commandos on Twitter. Uh, and uh, 
yeah, why not Washington? That uh, we we love creativity uh, like that. All right. Uh, thanks again for making the Lockdown Commanders podcast your first listen and watch of the day. Now make your second listen and watch the Lockdown NFL Draft podcast. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez providing in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into the sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite. NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you want to drop into the conversation, it's Locked On Washington Commanders at gmail.com or hit us up in the DM on Twitter at LO Commanders. For David Harrison, who's heading off to Indianapolis, where he'll join us later on this week, make sure you check him out on Twitter at DHarrison82. Make sure you check him out, SI.com's Fan Nation and Commander Country. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Ned Hurst Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.